0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We're back in your ears, in your eyes, wherever you may be, and it's drive to survive season time. Season five! Oh my god, Tommy, that's so many Drive to Survive seasons, and we've been lucky enough to get early access to it. We've binged the life out of it so that we could bring you this piece of information. And don't worry, we will be avoiding as many spoilers, if not all spoilers, as possible. As, as because I know, right? If I was you, I don't want to see spoilers. I want to enjoy Drive to Survive. We just want to give you our thoughts. Maybe before you head into it, you might watch this or listen to this after you've watched Drive to Survive. Either or, welcome. Aren't
1: you excited, Tommy? I am. Uh, yeah, we watched six, it must have been about six hours, I'd say, uh, all 10 episodes. Uh, yeah, binged it all pretty much in one go. And uh, yeah, we won't spoil, we're not we are not going to go, the thing is with spoilers, right? Pe- Some people go, oh, it's a spoiler. Some people are like, well, we've already watched the season. At the end of the day, we're going to go in and sort of give our thoughts on it and a base level of things that happen but we're not we're not going to ruin things by going oh my god this exact thing happened and you know we don't want to spoil that for anyone so we're just going to just mention it and our general thoughts on it exactly
0: uh so how we're going to do this is essentially go through some of your questions that you sent in via our twitter matt p1 tommy and we'll just dive into it that way so first and foremost let's begin with is it good and that's from malteser M- M- wait Maltese. Look like Maltese. Is it good? I think considering we didn't have the greatest of overall seasons in terms of championship fights and whatnot, it's one of the better drive to survive seasons. I think that they've cut down on the BS. They focused in on some very interesting storylines course you've got the likes of the Oscar piastri stuff you've, which is not just one specific story there's so much connected to it that uh, that's a really interesting uh, part of drive to survive then you've got the whole daniel ricardo situation there's plenty of things that they they kind of honed into which i i enjoyed i thought it went quite smoothly it feels very much like a drive to survive so maybe it's got a limited shelf life as to how many more they could possibly do like this. But I personally enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's, I'd say it's good. Is it great? No, in my opinion, I think it's just, it's good. It's watchable. It's certainly not bad. Um, And it's probably worth mentioning as well.
0: We are two hardcore Formula One fans that are not easily pleased by any, especially Tommy, (laughs) right?
1: It has to be a blockbuster in order for it to be great. Well, to be fair, like we, we all watch the season and invested in everything. And sometimes it's not made for us as such. It's get, getting new people into the sport or maybe, um, more casual fans, but there is a lot to enjoy, uh, even for the people like us that lived every moment of the season and didn't miss, um, a practice session, despite me wanting to miss practice sessions. And, um, yeah, but, for me, I think the honeymoon period maybe for DTS worn off a little bit because it kind of, like you say, is it going to get to the point where what else can they really do with it? Because season one, for example, it was so fresh and exciting because you'd never seen these things before. You'd never seen... We didn't even know who Gunther Steiner was really, did we, in the first season? And then suddenly it's like, who's this guy that's swearing all the time? Oh my God, uh, this behind the scenes, Daniel Ricardo is so crazy off camera when you've seen that for five seasons, it's of course going to wear off. But overall, is it good? Yeah, it's, it's good. But I wouldn't say any more than that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it uh, in it, my it satisfies the urge before we get into testing and yeah. uh, the start of the season for sure. The next question is, how much of last season is overly dramatized or misrepresented? That comes in from the, the lone sculler. I would say they've definitely cut down on the misrepresentation side of things. I think there's always going to be drama associated with drive to survive and Netflix shows. So you know what you're going to get when you tune in to a drive to survive. Um, But look, that's what, you know, that's what we expect. I think that they they didn't hype up any stupid teammate rivalries. Like, for example, there's an episode around Yuki Sonoda, and they could have easily made Gasly and Sonoda the two fiercest, fiercest rivals ever and they hate each other. But they didn't. They represented them exactly how they were and it was amazing to see the bromance and, and that sort of stuff. So for me, there wasn't any really annoying moments where I'm like, this isn't correct. Of course, there are other moments which we'll talk about uh, in some of the questions, but... In terms of the actual overall storylines and how they go about stuff, I don't feel like there was much that was really leading us down the wrong path.
1: No, I think this will be a nice surprise for um, maybe more regular f1 fans that know the season inside out because that has been the biggest criticism of drive to survive like you said uh they could have gone in on i think the the most famous example is carlos Sainz and lando norris who were famously besties and they made them into like these rivals during the episode um ocon and Sonoda, as well in the last season was such a weird rivalry that just was so pointless like why are they dramatizing that Uh, and for me the good thing was they just focused on the actual stories that happened so you know um, Kevin Magnussen in Bahrain that is a feel-good story him finishing P5 it's not like they were hyping up him finishing 17th in a race or, or like that ridiculous Mazepin episode in the last season when he just finished last and they were making it sound like he'd saved his drive so I think fans will be very pleased to hear that side of it um has gone there is one bit i'd say that i think was maybe misrepresented i, know, exactly I don't know if you're, if about you're to nodding well, and i don't yeah. know if we're gonna agree on it it's the Sergio Monica, Perez yeah, yeah, yeah. bit that, that's what Monica. came to mind as soon as you were like i don't think
0: there was one minute, i was like ah uh,
1: yes that was the only bit and um yeah it was uh it was very odd that they they did a Perez episode and it's all kind of about his contracts and stuff. And they kind of made it sound like he had a bad start to the season when I'd argue yeah. it was the exact opposite, opposite yeah. when he, he was this hyped driver in the championship fight. And the whole narrative was kind of like Horner going, oh, he's under pressure. And there was, they obviously can't show everything, but they showed clips like Saudi Arabia where he goes over the line in fourth and they go, oh, what a disappointing race. And it's like, well, he was on pole and he got screwed by a safety car and things like that. So that is one example and I think, to be fair to to the rest of it, I think it was very good at just focusing on the things that actually happened rather than making stuff out of nothing.
0: And we might have, we might not have known this particular moment being potentially misrepresented had we not seen Sergio Perez saying they had signed too early after the whole Monaco yeah. win, which obviously gave us the indication that this was signed previously to that. Um, but yeah, you can uh, of course make your own minds up from that. Another question is: Are there a lot? Are there a lot of out of context radio messages used? Now, this one is, I guess, kind of ties in with misrepresentation in some ways. Uh, yes, I mean the radio messages. Look, we used to we used to drive to survive antics. They they use radio messages from years gone by. They use all kinds of things to piece together the story. So I. As much as I know whenever a team radio message has been wrongly used and it irritates me slightly, I have an understanding that 90% of the people watching this potentially are at the very sort of... They they, they just have a, a sort of a baseline understanding of Formula One. They're not trying to, you know, appease us, the, the hard cause with these kinds of pieces of information, but they, they're they using it to tie together the stories, so, you know there's an incident and then one second later the driver will say an f-bomb and that's not obviously what happened but it, <laughs> yeah. it adds to the drama and it adds to the the overall entertainment so yes they are there and if it annoys you it's going to annoy you again this season but you just have to embrace it and be like this is part of the show
1: a lot of uh breathing whether they used it from a driver but when say they'll say they're like calm down and you just say like this but i would i would argue that it's actually a lot better than the previous series though and i think the reason for that um from certainly the things i noticed they've probably used like the examples you're using is things like yeah dropping an f-bomb or maybe fernando crosses the line piece six or something and they didn't say anything particularly great but to hype the story they use something from another thing where it's exciting but I don't think there's anything anywhere near as ridiculous as what we've seen in previous series. Now, the one that always comes to mind, of course, is the Sebastian Vettel radio when him and Leclerc had the tangle in Brazil and it got played for one literally the next season after. So it wasn't even that year. And uh, that's the thing that got memed massively and taken out of context and made into this big meme. So I personally didn't notice too much... um, I guess the only thing I noticed was uh yeah like they might use the odd scene as well from a from a different race just to make it look a bit less exciting but overall I would say it is 95% better than it was in terms of I felt like they've definitely had a talking to and listened to the hardcore fans that are just roasting it for all these ridiculous things
0: Absolutely. Uh, And speaking of listening uh, to people and then the next question is, did they listen to the complaints the drivers had? I guess that ties in with misrepresentation. So I would say, yes, they they clearly have changed their direction slightly with that because they they ran the risk of losing certain drivers from uh, from the series. Of course, Max Verstappen being one of the the big sort of uh, drivers deciding to, to now take part in the series I'm sure that is with the understanding that if he is going to be in it, he is represented properly and there's a clip that was going around from maybe last season or the season before of uh, of where Norris is actually watching that season and saying well that's not right that's not why I said etc cetera, etc cetera. so you, you need these these key elements these key players the norrises the verstappens who who have a reasonably big part in in this uh, in this series they need to be happy otherwise they'll see no reason uh, for them to be involved in this so i would say yes they have
1: yeah definitely and i do wonder how much Maybe less behind-the-scenes stuff for for me. There wasn't as much sort of going into drivers' houses and good to Steiner's house. Uh, well, that's standard, right? But but I think in terms of the drivers, I wonder how much of that is like like Lando saying that you know if he goes and agrees to this stuff, are they going to take me completely out of context? And uh, I feel like this whole season has maybe they've been very careful with it, hoping that they'll lure drivers back in maybe to do some more behind the scenes thing and know they're actually going to represent them well and not not twist narratives and and things like that and that's a job that they have right it's not as if you can go ah oh, well it's a
0: show but they have to they have to represent the drivers in the way in which they are otherwise they're just creating a complete false narrative and then all these new people coming into the sport are going to have preconceived ideas of what these people are like or what these drivers are like when it could potentially not be true or or accurate yeah. in, in any stretch so um the first it's an important series
1: role. they definitely villainize certain drivers and make some they have like the the good guys and the bad guys and things like that don't they whereas i personally just felt like they just gave respect to to everyone really well everyone that they showed yes. missed some people didn't turn up but maybe we'll talk about <laughs> yes, that later <laughs>
0: we shall we definitely will This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand beginning Monday, May the 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Next question. Is it chronological this season or does every episode go team by team again? That's from Booker Agenda. Um, It's the same as it always has been. But when I was actually watching this, I... I can kind of understand the way they do it. The more and more seasons I've gone through and watched it, it's obviously been like, ah, we're going back to the same race again. Ah, I already know what's happened. And there are levels to it, I think. But at the same time, I don't know how they would actually cover every storyline if they didn't go back to certain races or to certain moments. There was one moment that was played far too many times, and it's actually the next question as well from jellycat Twenty One. Do Joe and Alfa Romeo get any attention this season? Yes, mainly him upside down to turn one uh, at Silverstone because that was played, I think, at three separate oh occasions. Uh, for three, I think three different episodes as well. We went back to yeah, Silverstone. Was. Um, that was maybe a little bit too much because I was like, oh, Silverstone again? Uh, and I think as well, there was we, we saw what happened in Bahrain and then the next episode is Bahrain testing. Stuff like that where it's yeah. almost a little bit too too out of kilter that it doesn't make sense at all. But apart from that, I do, I, I kind of have the understanding now of why they do it to get every storyline fit into 10 episodes.
1: Yeah, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, my God, why are you doing it out of order? Because at the end of the day, it's not a season review. They're focusing on certain stories. And I have absolutely no problem with them saying they're doing a Yuki Sonoda episode, for example, um, and... They obviously will cover a couple of races and go to him in Japan because it's his same race. And then the next episode is about Red Bull, and they'll of course mention Japan again because they won the title there, for example. So, like that, I have absolutely no problem with. For me, however, I think the start just really wound me up a little bit. That the only thing that's annoyed me about this season is what you mentioned about Silverstone, because it's I wouldn't mind if they'd maybe put these episodes in a different order but the silverstone episodes are two three and four so they cover one team in episode two and the narrative kind of ends at silverstone as their like thing episode three they go to another team it ends at silverstone episode four another team and driver and it ends with their narrative sort of ending at silverstone and for me it was bad enough the for the Episode three, so seeing it the second time. But when we got to Episode four, and it's exactly the same start, exactly the same overhead shot of the grid. Why they need to show the Joe crash again? And and that that's the thing. It's it's three episodes on the bounce that they're essentially doing this hyped up Silverstone start, and we know, and a lot of people do binge it in order. So that for me was the only bit where I was like, really come on, like stick stick a stick the Perez Monaco episode in a gap or something and just just so we can cool down on Silverstone a bit. There's only so many times that that just feels really repetitive when you've seen it again. So for me, that was a really, really odd choice. Sorry, and one more thing about the Joe thing. They didn't even talk to him. To to answer that question from from Jellycat, they show him barrel rolling upside down and then the only thing was they kind of got him in the chair for a little bit and he's like, hello, that was a scary crash, wasn't it? Yeah, and and they do not actually really go into him so he's not really featured very much um other than just him flying through the air which is a shame maybe next season
0: maybe next season they'll show it again (laughs) for another three episodes on the bounce next question on a scale of one to plan e how much will the ferrari episodes cause pain well they weren't fun to watch question for you they weren't fun to watch aoki chuck um reliving those no not not fun at all to be honest with you um it's interesting because there there are mo- you get little bits of insight uh but i don't think a huge amount again as tommy kind of alluded to you don't get enough behind the scenes like drivers briefings and stuff like that you know where they all sit in their little rooms and they have a briefing that's the stuff that us f1 fans absolutely crave and i just don't feel like there was enough of that again this year where it is that behind the scenes nuggets of driver personalities and you know the ferrari team maybe losing their minds or or whatever i i don't feel like there was a huge amount of insight uh apart from just bonotto just um just being like we're making mistakes, which I found quite interesting. There, he was quite—he was almost a bit more honest uh, with regards to uh, speaking to the Netflix camera crews, and he was to the everyone else in the media. I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Why are you telling that? Is it because you like what's going on?" Um, but yes, they—they they are painful if you're a Ferrari fan, and I would just close your eyes.
1: Yeah, they go on it quite a lot, and they're the little good bits, like you say, of drive to survive where it is behind the scenes. Maybe shows kind of the other teams laughing them a bit. And sort of going in on them and showing that pressure of of Ferrari, which is really interesting. I guess the for me, there's just not enough of that behind the scenes. I think I've almost part of me feels like some of the episodes could be shorter and maybe ditch so much of the onboards and things like that, and just kind of just get straight on with the the behind the scenes stuff because that's what we're all here for. Okay,
0: next up, are there any new legendary Günther Steiner moments? I would say so. Uh, maybe not legendary; they're not they're not going to take over the meme world. But you once again get more insight into Gunter Steiner's life. Uh, but I thought I thought it was a good level of it. You know, they they utilise him being quite good entertainment, his pure unadulterated honesty, uh, and I, I think it was just a, the right balance of of Steiner shenanigans.
1: Yeah, I was worried it was going to be the Gunther Steiner show after the first, kind of, he's in the first episode and then there's one centered around House later. Uh, What I would say is if you're a Mick Schumacher fan, uh, watch with with care because he's very savage and there's some behind the scenes stuff there that um, shows a lot about their relationship.
0: It does. No spoilers. You'll enjoy it uh, very soon, I'm sure, when the... uh, I mean, we say no spoilers. You're here for a reason. You want to know bits and bobs, don't you? And that's why you're here. Hey-ho, let's carry on. How is the Danny Rick situation treated? Ooh. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose it kind of... Does it shed much on the situation that we didn't know already? I don't think so. Not Mm, particularly really. No, Um, I can hear Frank wanting to get involved in the background as well. He's really got some, some strong opinions on drive to survive. Um, But I mean, it gives you an insight into maybe his emotions and struggles slightly and how he was feeling at the time. Um, At the end, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy a a nice little Danny Rick montage. But uh, apart from that, I don't know. I, I, I think I think it kind of represented it quite well in in the sense of how it all went down.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, I'd actually argue that's one of the best best episodes. Actually, the the one that focuses on Dona Ricardo and obviously the whole Piastri thing. It's a lot more interesting. They obviously get quite good access to Dona Ricardo, so um, naturally there's a bit more behind the scenes stuff there. But I think I think they handle it handle it well and respectfully. Um, because I wonder if this question is the fact that the episode title, which no spoilers because one shared it, is called Nice Guys Finish Last, I think it is. Yeah, which is a very savage title and make it sound like it's going to be absolutely brutal to him. But it's not. It's not really. It's
0: not. Uh, they they looked after Danny Rick, and I think it's mainly as well because he's been one of the key people in Drive to Survive. And I imagine the, <laughs> the producers are probably like, let's, let's not be too horrible about him. Next question, what's Max like since his first time doing the show? I, I wouldn't say he featured a huge amount, but he featured a little bit here and there, and he seemed quite forthcoming with his answers. But I wouldn't say he was a massive staple in the show particularly.
1: No, not at all. You could tell they put him in the because cause if you watch the trailer, it's kind of, oh Max, you're the first time in the chair, and they very much build it around. Oh Max Verstappen's in this one because he's not been in any of them, but it is very much he's there to be the to do like the talking head bits. There's not there's not like an episode where it's all about Max's life and his story, and he invites them into his home and all this kind of stuff. Sorry. The Stappen fans, but um, you don't have to apologise yourself, just, mate. It's fine. Not getting that just yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoping for a
0: full but, um, ten
1: episode Stappen <laughs> special, aren't you? Uh, we'll wait for the the twentieth title for that one. <sighs> um <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, he's very much just like a talking head that just pops up occasionally with like little. Bits of info and context. Yeah, but nothing
0: really more than that, was there? It wasn't. There was nothing. Nothing spicy coming out of Stapp's no, no. mouth, unfortunately. Uh, next question: Did they miss any particular moment of the year that is not showcased in the series? Uh, one thing they didn't include, which I'm absolutely fuming as a Charles Leclerc fan, is the round the outside move on Hamilton at Cops. Uh, not Cops. Um, yeah, Cops. It is Cops. Yeah, Sorry. it was Cops. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't show it. Like They show Three Goes Hamilton about 15 times, but my God. Oh, my God. They didn't show Charles Leclerc going around the outside. So uh, not happy about that. Also, one big thing, right? I know what's going on. One (laughs) big thing that if you're a Sebastian Vettel fan, you will not want to hear. He hardly features at all, not even at the end. When he retires, it's about Daniel Ricciardo leaving, not him which you will not be happy with. I'm so sorry to, to, to share this with you, but it's not a spoiler. It's the truth. And there's nothing to spoil. Vettel, I don't think he featured
1: at all, really. No, it's particularly because um, the, the final episode is about Abu Dhabi, uh, which it always is. And I, was watching it feeling like Abu Dhabi definitely have some kind of thing in their contract where it has to be all about that because they don't mention Brazil at all they don't that mention as well
0: yeah, they had like a uh, ten yeah, second n- recap
1: of it ten second thing of the Russell bit and a ten second bit at the end about magnuson's poll when I'm not one of these people that that cares too much about particular moments because at the end of the day it's a documentary, and it's more about the behind the scenes, and I can go watch whatever I want on youtube of if, if I want to watch it but HASS being literally the DTS thing. That is the best moment they could could well ever have in their entire uh, history of the team. So the fact that they didn't do that. And yeah, the Abu Dhabi, they, they kind of did this whole episode on Abu Dhabi when there wasn't really anything to play for, but didn't mention Seb. Really, really bizarre uh, that. And yeah, for, to do a Danny Rick montage at the end and then not mention Sebastian Vettel when he's a... Four time world champion, a legend of the sport. They do obviously mention he's retiring a couple of times, but there's no feature on it or anything. It's very odd, it's very odd, but you many of you assume he didn't want to be involved maybe. yeah, but i mean I he know. did he did sit down with them,
0: and you know there are a couple of yeah. clips of him sitting yeah. down talking, they of course shared the Instagram video as well of him saying he's retiring, but you also made a really good point about the the poll that Magnuson had the you know there's plenty of moments about hass trying to do well, and Magnussen sticks it on poll in Brazil, and there's nothing like very strange they must they must have just not filmed anything that particular weekend with mm. uh, with the team but yeah those were those were a
1: big few moments you'd say there's not really any aston actually i wonder if they weren't maybe i wonder if they just didn't have as much access or they weren't maybe maybe uh lawrence stroll didn't like how he's perceived in the previous series and didn't want to the be James involved in it anymore villain, who knows perhaps who
0: knows mm. but, uh next question what's the best episode oh that's a good question um i I quite enjoy episode five around 10 minutes in. I don't know exactly why. (laughs) um, This might might be, it might be something. Uh, So check that out when, once you, uh, once you listen in and watch in, Uh, but actually to be fair, I think the the whole piastri thing was, I found the most interesting and um, certain conversations between the team principals and and things like that. uh, That's probably going to be my, my favorite episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's definitely uh, the best one of the series. I'd argue there's not like a. It it was really good. It wasn't like mind blowing. I think there's been some really incredible episodes that really stand out in the past series of Drive to Survive, like the Grosjean episode or, you know, the the Mercedes episode uh, in, in Hockenheim, for example, where there's that one episode that everyone's really excited for. I'd argue this season maybe there's not so many like standout episodes it's all just like decent and good um but yeah the Piastri one is is definitely I think again you'll you'll know what what we like because it's more behind the scenes they don't really mention they don't really show any any racing or any on-track stuff it's kind of I'd say five and six almost merge into each other that whole that whole storyline of who's who gets to see the the contracts and all that kind of stuff, um, which is good because it needs a double episode because it was, it's the perfect Drive to Survive storyline, isn't it, at the end of the day? Uh, Drama and contract disputes and all that kind of stuff.
0: certainly is. So uh, I hope you enjoy that one when uh, Drive to Survive drops on Friday, isn't it? Is it Friday? It's coming out? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Secondary testing. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Our final question is our rating out of 10. I am going to rate Drive to Survive Season 5... A seven out of 10. I think that it's a good baseline of episodes throughout. It's an enjoyable watch as a Formula One fan, as Tommy kind of alluded to. There isn't anything that just explodes your mind. There's maybe, for me, from a personal standpoint, not enough behind the scenes, not enough snippets and, you know, these things that us hardcore F1 fans want to see as much of. But I can also understand that, they are also trying to appease to the newer audience that are still learning about the driver's personalities and so on. So uh, it's a seven out of 10, an enjoyable watch. Uh, and I think that it will quench the thirst before the first race of the season next weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go six out of 10. It's similar similar to you, really. Just I think that maybe missing, uh, maybe just missing something, maybe more yeah, behind the scenes and and stuff like that. And the fact that We've had a lot of Drive to Survive seasons now. Maybe, I don't know whether they could introduce something new because it does feel like it's very samey. You kind of know what episodes are coming and how it's going to be uh, framed. But there's still some really good stuff and there'll be a lot to talk about. We're not even mentioned a particularly sort of heated spicy bit with Horner and Toto, who were obviously the stars of of it last season. And there'll be little things like that that I'm sure will come out and people will be excited. But that's, you know, we we binge watched it in 6 hours and the actual bits that that were like super exciting probably is about Half an hour's worth, maybe. So it sounds more savage than it is, in. but it is Tommy's, good. <laughs> Tommy's just feeling grumpy. Six out of 10 from him, uh, seven out of 10 from me. Uh,
0: and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it all the same. Up. Exactly. Tommy's just really hard to please everyone. All right. So uh, <laughs> cool. we'll see you very soon for another podcast or video, wherever you are enjoying this content. And uh, leave us a five-star review if you are on audio. And we will read it out next time in our podcast. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Enjoy testing. We're going to be live from, well. It'd probably be like when this goes out, maybe like five hours time, six hours time potentially uh, for testing. So come join us, Matt P1, Tommy on Twitch uh, for all the testing stuff, and also we're making some content over on YouTube. So we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye.
1: P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.